The Supreme Court's making it more difficult for prisoners to argue about ineffective counsel. So kind of bring us up to speed what's going on with this. Yeah, so um, basically I don't have anything pulled up, so I'm going off the dome, you know what I'm saying? Freestyle battling, you know what I'm talking about? So anyways, uh, basically the Supreme Court, which is a 6-3 conservative, uh, conservative majority right now, led by one um, Clarence Thomas, who also actually made the same argument, uh, I believe it was maybe 10, 15 years ago, but, you know, basically got told to shut up um, back then. Now, you know, it's a new Supreme Court. But anyways, it's, it's made the argument that federal courts, new evidence regarding ineffective counsel can no longer be accepted in federal courts regarding appeals on state convictions. Um, and the reason why he says this should happen is because it disrupts the finality that should be a state conviction. He also said that federal uh, federal courts lack the authority and the competence to overturn state decisions. Um, and in general, he just <laughs> feels like, you know, these uh, these these sorts of situations cause convicts to send or cause people to sandbag their trial in hopes of creating space for an appeal which there's no research or evidence to support that and he just believes that you know once you're convicted in a state court that's it you shouldn't be able to go to a federal court and say that i had ineffective counsel because they missed these the this this and this yeah and have it retried or get your sentence overturned on the federal level. Despite the evidence of people being wrongly convicted because of ineffective counsel. Despite right. all of that, though. Well, everything that I read that he said and that majority opinion was factually and theoretically inaccurate. Who and, and you know for me to like the biggest shocker to me was who in their right mind would sandbag sabotage their own case to create an appeal lane? Right, that don't make no damn. So I'm <laughs> I'm going to get convicted, they're possibly never having a chance at an appeal, just to hopefully something magically happen twenty years down the road and my uh, conviction gets overturned. Because like, especially for our community, because yeah, because that happens so many times. Right. That's why Mum. That's why Mumia Abu Jamal still locked up, right? Bruh, that shit makes no sense. All right, so I'm gonna get convicted. I'm not gonna give my attorney all of the evidence. I'm not gonna answer the questions, and I'm not gonna participate and cooperate in every way I can to not go to jail, because it's a better strategy to go to jail. An appeal. In what world does that logic make sense? Yeah, and then coming with the bull talking about the the federal court isn't competent enough to to make that. Just come on, man, stop it. They've been but, they've been doing it. But but that, I'm like that's the whole thing with the federal government is to regulate the states. So, like that's the that, whole thing. So what are they hiring former McDonald's fry cooks for the federal? I mean, federal supreme court. What do you, what do you mean? You're not you're not capable of doing it bruh but you know the other thing that struck me is th th this is so interesting coming from clarence thomas 
Um, because historically, states' rights has been code for white supremacy and, you know, racism against minority groups, black people in particular. States' rights has been the code for it. And anytime black people have achieved any measure of advancement in the political or social sectors, it's always started on the local level in local communities, but it always took the federal government to get involved because the states weren't trying to hear that shit. Right. So it's interesting that the argument could be made that the only political support we've ever gotten as a people has been on the federal level because every chance the states get, they trying to beat their black people over the head. So to have a black man in the highest court in the land depower the federal government in such a way, it was just, it was like, like it's, it's people like that is why, you know, it's hard to get excited about any black person getting on the Supreme Court, you know, and that ain't, you know, that ain't no shot at Katanji, uh, you know, I forget her name now, but it ain't no shot at her. It's just, it is what it is, man. Why, why should I be excited about her and her track record when when people like that, when black people get in power, they, they, they make very little difference. And in fact, in a lot of cases, they make situations worse. Clarence Thomas is making things worse. Every breath he takes makes things worse. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. But, but I mean, so what that means is local elections are even more important. State elections are even more important than fucking Absolutely. presidential elections because if you don't want no dickheads on your your um, Supreme Court or representing the state or even in the courts of the state, rather, who would be falsely convicting people or, or things like that or just people in places to make sure that justice is served like you, we have to vote smart like I, like right now here in my city i'm I, I doubt people know who who are are really running for all the positions i mean i know i'm not gonna act like i don't i mean i don't know everybody running for all the things but we need to find out but that's just the thing like local elections are just that important and local if we don't pay attention yeah. to it yeah because the president makes the appointment, sure. But that appointment has to be confirmed by the Senate. And the Senate, those are all local elections. Um, you know, even, even to the presidential appointment, they prevented Barack Obama from making his last Supreme Court uh, appointment. They blocked so, that appointment for over a year. Those are local elections blocking the appointment power of a federally elected official. So basically, once again, this is uh, Clarence Thomas trying to get white people to like him. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and he's been under some scrutiny anyways, because I believe it was his wife was on record not too long ago trying to. Uh, she was on record as a, she's a Trump supporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember what you're talking about. I just can't remember exactly what she did. Yeah, I think she was trying to organize some some something to oh, I can't remember now either. My mind just went blank. But yeah. So, you know, it's like a it's like a, a a a you know, it's like this dude is in the news for all the wrong reasons. First his wife is in the news. Um 
And that's got to be like a first. Like, I don't, you know that other Supreme Court justices are married, but we don't never hear about their wives doing, or they, they husbands or wives or anything doing shit. Beta. <laughs> so, you know, and now we got this thing coming on, which basically, um, ineffective defense is a very powerful avenue for people convicted in state crime, state, state courts, which most black people are. Um, for getting their convictions overturned, their wrongful convictions overturned. And when you yeah. have a public defender that can't even remember your name, can't even remember what you look like, chances are high that they're not going to render you. I'm just saying, quality. I'm service. just saying, and we know uh, the quality of your defense depends on the amount of money you have. So let's just right. be so, so, this is yeah. a shot at uh, black people. That we need Definitely. to take very serious. Definitely, this is maintenance of dominance. You know, you know, we is a lot of a lot of debates about whether black people are at war with white people or not. You know, me and you feel like we're not. There's a war going on, not an active war, but a maintenance of dominance going on because yeah. we're not a real threat to actually have a. a we're not a, we're not in a position to be a threat for white people to put us in our place. They're just maintaining their dominance. If you ask me. It's like, is it a fight if one person just keep punching the shit out of the other one? Yeah, like the other person don't never swing back. They just I mean, keep taking the licks. Because I, I mean, I hear what they're saying. We're at war. We're at war, and I get the overall thing. Yeah, war is happening, but it's not an act of war because, like you said, shit. If I if if I keep beating your ass, is it really a war? Because war implies that it's jousting back and forth yeah there's an victories on both sides and when what's the last victory we had like real physical victory we had but even if it wasn't even if one side is totally landslide and the others no victories whatever that needs to be some resistance some fight back if i just walk up to you in the street and start punching you in the face and you don't do anything but stand there and let me punch you in the face we're not fighting. I'm hitting you. There's a difference. <laughs> like, and that's what we're doing. We keep getting hit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, you know, I, I I hear what a lot of black people are saying, but I think the I think the message is falling, these messages are not falling on deaf ears, even though. Uh, social media is here and it seems like we may have had a an increase of black people gravitating toward what we would call the conscious movement no we haven't and, i don't buy right that. right right nope. but that's why i say the image of it because and and even we there's no real conscious movement because a movement would apply uh improvement and there's no real improvement there's nothing changing for the better for us it's just a lot of people getting together just talking 